people from vastly different worlds, geese from small town America, small school, small town values and ideals. She's from the other side of the pond, from England, raised by parents who immigrated from Western Africa. So a child of two worlds and raised with a mixture of values and ideals from each culture. How do these two very different people find themselves deeply in love and be able to keep it all together with all of their differences? That's why we're here. Let's take a look at Only Human. Hi, husband. Hello, Pamela. What was I just hearing there? <laughs> I, just, watching. I just recorded you talking. Oh, but I thought then maybe I... it was like the latest issue oh. of the, the crown or something over there. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to bloody well do what it did. Oh, I just heard, I thought I heard my voice in the background. I was like, is that me talking? I... It was an apparition. Ah, I see. All right. So it is the day after Valentine's Day. Yeah, it is. It is. We had a pretty nice one, I guess. Yes. The I... COVID edition. COVID, yes. We made the best of it, didn't we? Yeah. We uh, Instead of going out, we decided to have a date in. Yes. And... Uh, Treat it like a date yeah. as well. Like. And we actually got out of our sweatpants. And <laughs> and I put and, a bra on. Yeah, and we, we wore clothes. We wore clothes. So, <laughs> yeah, actually real clothes like jeans and different things like that. So it yes. was really interesting. Uh, we went to, we got some food from one of our favorite steakhouses here locally. And, and we were talking majestic. about it at the Majestic. It's, it's such a cool place. Uh, it's an old speakeasy mm. from back during the Prohibition time. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have a like a cigar room upstairs. Mm -hmm. And then the main room or the main level is a restaurant. And then below you can also eat. And they have jazz bands there mm -hmm. during the weekend. So it's a really cool atmosphere. That uh, used to be like the speakeasy part. Right. The basement part. Right. <clears throat> so we always me. make sure that we honor that whenever we go down there and have... <laughs> Some grain alcohol, you know, in <laughs> honor of... of uh, Back in the day. Yeah. So, no, we don't do the grain alcohol, but we do have a couple of drinks while we're there listening yes. to some jazz. So Wine for me. Yeah. And uh, so we just had to do it at home. And you had talked to Mikey, our son, and said, hey, we we're going to have a kind of a date. He was really cool. He, he was. Kinda was oh, really gosh. quiet. Kind of went off and did his own thing, which he kind of does that all the time. Anyway, he's a teenager, so... <laughs> But, you know, it was a nice time. It was nice. It was. It was. And uh, it was a time where we were able to share the, that time with, with one another and together. that meal. And just have a nice evening together. But you know what? The thing that I loved about it, which kind of leads into our topic today, it was really nice to enjoy that time together. And, you know, we've been a lot better at this communication thing, which that's the seed that really helps any relationship grow right and something that we don't take for granted now because of our past relationships and experiences we had with our past relationships right and so you know our topic today kind of sheds light on that you know what we've experienced right we're gonna grill pam on her past <laughs> relationships please and uh bring grill it down me. to the nitty-gritty of all the dirt <laughs> So, hey, I wrote a book, mate. Yeah, she did. So, guess what? So, if you want to go <laughs> read her out. book, then you could probably see a lot of that stuff. So, <laughs> but yes, the topic that you're wondering is about narcissism and narcissistic relationships that we've had. Now, right. I'm sure this will resonate with a lot of you. If it hasn't, then be grateful that it hasn't. But so, so I think we just need to 
to say right from the beginning of this is I don't think that you would look at either one of us and think that we're necessarily narcissistic in our ways. Hell no. I think we're very uh, giving of ourselves when we need to be and even when we don't need to be. So, um, yeah, it's a a big difference then from some of the stuff. So, well, let's just get it started. Yeah, let's get into it. So the topic, as you've realized, is about... um, being in a narcissistic relationship. Right. And and probably everybody's been in one at some point. Right. You know, you've had and, one and at some point. We we both have had one. Right. So, so hopefully what we talk about will help you Right. Because that's kind navigate of navigate that. When when we first started this it. podcast, it was it was we were really focusing on the differences in the race relations in this country and things of that nature. And I think people want to know why we changed it a little bit. And the reason that we did is because we wanted to make it more personal, on yeah. a more personal level of things that we have gone through. And it will, in at, at times, go back to those topics. Mm-hmm. You know, it, Tonight, it just happens that it's going to be about narcissism. So right. my first question for you, are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. All right, here we go. What does it mean to you to hear the word narcissist? To... Apart from evoking <laughs> feelings <laughs> from my past relationships, more so um, the topic of my book. I, what I, when I hear narcissism, I hear extreme selfishness. I hear somebody who only does something as a way of ulterior motive. Whenever they do something nice, a narcissist is not doing it because they love or care about you. It's fulfilling a need for them. So if they're being nice, it's stroking their ego more likely, you know, or making them feel good that they're a nice person or whatever. I hear, I, when I hear narcissism, I hear a coward or cowardice, someone who's willing to chuck you under that bus to save their skin, because that's what they did and that was my experience somebody who is charming can be very charming it's like that wolf in sheep's clothing and somebody who it's it's sad because you know that they're they've been through extreme pain for them to be the way that they are so there is that element of sadness but for me, it's toxicity when I hear narcissism. And, and I'm grateful for the lessons that I've learned through dealing with a narcissist and his family, who were narcissists as well. I can spot them a mile off. So I, I don't have anyone in my sphere who is a narcissist that I'm close, close with. There is one person, but I think circumstances have made that person the way they are. So that person's a and family we won't member. Name their name we're not. We're, <laughs> you're silly. So it's like, I, I, and I know how to handle someone like that. Right. They don't like being called out, right? And right. stuff. So, so hey, so. another part to that question is, you mm. mentioned your book. What is the name of your book? How do I find love after heartbreak? Yeah, Available maybe. on Amazon. If you're gonna t- say you have one, you need to name it. So that's you gotta, right. You that's put right. A plug in there. It's right. it's a helpful edition of how to navigate and how to get out of that situation and still remain strong, positive, and have a great outlook on life. So, right. all okay. right, my turn. All right. 
what tool did I put they, but what tool did your narcissist use the most to make you question yourself? Well, I think first I will mention who my narcissist was in my my life. Go for it. I have no problem with saying it. It was my ex-wife. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that she was when I first met her, but she really turned in. You know how they say, like, people will, if you see your mother's or your wife's mother, that's what she could look like. <laughs> well, in this case, it was meeting my ex-wife's father. She became him mm. because that's what he was all about. For the minute I met him, he was all about himself. Mm. I should have seen it coming, mm. and I didn't. But it's all right. But, you didn't know. Yeah. Now you know. Yeah. So, yeah, my ex-wife. So you said the tool that she used, uh, I think it was uh, she used... I don't know exactly how I would even put this. Um, Just try give it your best shot. I guess to me, she used her position as my wife in order to get the things that she wanted. Manipulation. Yeah. So she manipulated. Yeah. She would manipulate. That's me one of through, their tools. Through cool. either sex <laughs> or food. <laughs> You right. Know, hey, you know <laughs> the I, basics. What yeah, the man loves. Exactly. They say you know, <laughs> oh, through the, man's, me, the way the man's heart is through his stomach. You know, and so she would give me the, the foods that she knew that I liked in order to get what she wanted in return. So right. it wasn't that she wasn't doing things just to be kind, as I thought it was. There was there was an ulterior motive a lot yeah, of times. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you think her ulterior motive too was? Uh, do you think it was like dependence? In a sense that she needed, because you're a protector, and you're very and a provider and a provide right. Yeah. Do you think that that was? Well, I will say one thing. She has never lived on her own. No, I know that. She has never taken care of herself. Right. She's always had somebody take care of her. It was me, and then as soon as she left our relationship, she jumped right into another one mm -hmm. and had a guy that you know it was the whole grass is greener on the other side of the fence. What can I get? Really. Money, money, money. Here it mm -hmm. is. I can get things. I can get money. All that stuff. And, and so she just jumped on the, the money bag. And yeah, and then she right. spent all this money. So, so it just shows you, yeah, very selfish person. Very and and, and very selfish. I, we're good in, in relationships with who she's married to, and in relationships with her kids. I know that's that's you know? right. That's the so sad. She's very part. selfish. Very, very, very. selfish. Okie dokie. Do, do you want anything else other than that? I could expand. I could go on for hours. I mean, that. that, I mean, because where it's nice because it's how we're showing people, you know, how a right. relationship works. You got to communicate, but whatever might help, <clears throat> God, excuse me, help somebody, you know, in determining. But yeah, manipulation is like a grand tool. And, right. and of course, um, gaslighting. I which, keep telling Pam she needs to quit smoking cigars before we do please. this podcast. Shh, don't tell them. Yeah, Give away my secrets. She smokes big old stogies. So. Uh, <laughs> I have two. a question for you. Okay, Okay, two. this is cool. I, I like this question. Who can oh, you get... Okay, not who. Can you give me an example of a narcissist in popular culture today? <laughs> <laughs> You're silly. Yeah. You're a DH. Yeah. Look, not to rain on his parade, but I'm sorry. The ex person in the Oval Office hmm. is that is your blueprint right there. Let me just say the Orange Man. Classic. Right. Classic narcissist. 
he right there. Likes he's, to put his name on things. He's, his his needs always come before anyone else's. I'm kind of surprised there wasn't a big name across the White House before he left. Right. You know that he just the fact that it's always about him. The conversation was always about him, and he will always twist it to make sure the conversation's about him. And if he's saying nice things, it's not because he really cares and wants to help people out there. He needs your votes. That's the ulterior motive. He's being nice to get something from you so that he can remain in power. That's what is driving them. They, the power, the dominance. That's an example for me. Of, of a narcissist. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, so, that's basically the definition of a narcissist, right? Yeah, I mean, hands yeah. down. You know, hands and, down. and there again, let's say we don't really get political here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not getting political. Uh, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. <laughs> right. I just want everybody to no, know. But, you know, you... What is the term? You know, you 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 call it for what it is. Right. You're just you know? being honest. You just be straight, honest. We're straightforward yeah. people. You, you so call I mean, it what it is. Yeah. And and we're not downplaying it. You know, or, or, and it or doesn't mean that he doesn't have the ability to be a kind person because he could if he wanted. But it's just I don't no, think no. that ever. It, when, especially a person like him, he's always had things given to him his whole life. He's never had to work for anything. And that, that's what I mean. So I, he's always had something handed to him, much like my ex-wife, always had somebody taking care of her. And he's had the same thing. Right. Like a, a narcissist, they can be nice, but the intention's not pure. Right. It's not pure. They're not doing it because they want to do it. Right. You know? So. All right. So that's a good answer. What, what's your next you. question? Number two. Okay. What did she do that hurt you the most well i would say um after the relationship ended the way that she used the she manipulated the kids and used them against me and against us right and and it turned out that out of four of them that we had had together, three of them no longer talked to me and have anything to do with me. Mm -hmm. uh, she had work in all of those, you know. And uh, you know, I, I you know I have my part of, of the problem, you know, my part that's that's mine also that I have to admit to. I really didn't handle things in the best of ways, but you know, I tried to be kind. And I tried to, every time that, that they had a problem with their mom, to always say, remind them, hey, that's your mom. Yeah. Try to give her the benefit of the doubt. And then they would. And then it turned back to bite me in the ass, which it has done ultimately. But so, you know yeah, what? At least probably... you, you did what you knew was right. And nobody can take that away from you. You did. To note, people, if there's anyone out there going through a divorce or some sort of separation, if you're on the same page, it's a lot better. And it's not going to work if one parent thinks that, you know what, I'm not going to bash the other parent. I'm not going to put the other parent down. And when the kids voice concerns, I'll listen to the concerns and then give them advice that is tailored in a way that's not going to bash the other parent versus another one slagging the, the, the kids off or slagging the other couple off or the ex or whatever. You've got to be on the same page. If you truly care right. about your children, you're both going to do it. That's the thing that irritates me. And I guess that, mm. that rounds it all around is the fact that I'm going to tell you, if you're going through this, 
If you are a part of a divorced couple and you have children, look, if you're trash talking your ex, stop that shit now. Mm. You're doing no one any good. That's what happened with me. I thought that we were both on the same page and mm. we were both going to be supporting each other. Mm. There was a lot of shit that she did that I didn't like. A lot of stuff. And I never mm. talked bad about her in front of the kids. I never put her down. I was always trying to be supportive. Uh, you know, then I thought that she it was, was being reciprocated. Same. But then I found out from the kids that, no, that wasn't the case. And she by was the slacking time you I off, slacking out, me off. Yeah. like, don't bring me into it. And by the time that the information got out, it was too late. The damage had been done. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can't undo words. Once that's the you've thing. said it and once you've done things, they're done. Yeah. So, done. yeah, that's the thing that really sucked about that. So if you are in this situation and you're doing that, shame on you. You're a piece of shit. Well, I, emotions are frayed. Well, but it's but, true. But yeah, you can't but you, treat people like that. And we know you can't treat people like that. But you just have to be cognizant of the effect that you're having. If you're a narcissist, then it's going to be difficult for you to notice what you're doing if it's not affecting you. Right. But if you're not, just understand that, you know, words have an effect and they can hurt not just you, but you're going to hurt your kids. If anything, think about your children. That, oh, that's absolutely. What absolutely. Okay. So, uh, who is that special narcissist in your past, ma'am? Is this the third question? Yep. Well, Warren, and I've obviously changed the name because that's that's the name that's in the book. Uh-huh. I, I changed all the names because I was smart enough to know that, A, I feel that this is going to be a hit. It's got all the elements of a movie. Right. My story's crazy, as you know. You even yourself was like, what the hell? This is nutty. You can't make this stuff up. So I changed the names because I don't want them coming for their 15 minutes of fame off me and stuff. But yeah, it was... But you know what? I'm thankful. Because not only did we get Mikey out of the package, because that was the best sperm donor he turned out to be, in effect, it taught me life lessons that was able to grow as a person, grow my character, make me a better parent, make me more understanding and have an awesome story to tell, to help other people. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. All right. Okay. Oh, and you could read all about that in your book, which is called (laughs) how do I find love after heartbreak available where? On Amazon. Amazon. Look I haven't you. heard of that place before, but <laughs> check it out, guys. I've heard that they do some cool stuff on Amazon, so check it out. Okay, so question three. Uh-huh. Three things you learned from your narcissistic relationship are... <laughs> three things. Wow, you're not going to knock me down or get me notched in any particulars here, I guess. Three. Yeah. Well, I think one is if a person starts to show you who they are, you need to believe them. <gasps> Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou. Yeah, he's exactly. adopted by Crow. He because knows. He knows. That's, that's, Ain't that the that's truth? the truth. Once they start to show you who they are, believe them because they're, they're <laughs> telling you it. the truth then. Uh, people can, words are cheap, but actions say a lot. Mm-hmm. And one action's worth a thousand words. Um, so that's one thing. Um, uh, second thing is, is that I think once you realize that 
you're in that position, that you're in that position with a person like that, uh, I think you have to put your foot down. You have to draw a line in the sand and say, look, you know, it doesn't go any further than this. You're, you're not using your twisted abilities to, to control me or to control a family if that's involved. Uh, you really have to, to realize you can't trust a person that's like that. Okay, so co so confrontation, yeah. basically the second one. All right, and then... And, and you just can't trust them. That's the other thing. The third one. You just can't trust them. Right, you can't okay. because their words mean nothing. Yeah, what's, it's, it's only for their benefit. Because Anything that they're with, doing is for their benefit. Right, along with a narcissistic attitude, I think a lot of times comes a very dishonest attitude. And so Without shut up a really, doubt. you can't trust them. Yeah. So very that, true. that would be my three. Uh, okay. Believe them when they show you who they are. Confrontation. And conf confront Be them and let them know that you see it and that you don't expect, you're not going to let it happen anymore. You're not letting them do this to you anymore. Mm -hmm. And then just don't believe what they say. Right. Uh, you can believe what they do because they're going to show you the truth. Okay. Um, we on well, my question is oh. very much the same. What did you learn from your experience? <laughs> Told you to get out of my head. I know. I learned from my experience that, as well as what I've said about what a narcissist is and who they are and can sniff them out, I learned about myself that I am stronger than I ever gave myself credit for, and that. I learned that I can overcome grave obstacles, which has helped me the last couple of years. It was that I overcame that one. I mean, and I also, I, I've also learned, like my Angelo says, that, that when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Right. My thing, and I think a lot of women are guilty of this. We want to fix. We want to help them. We want to save them. Shit. He showed me who he was right. when we first went out. And, and then I didn't call him back after that. I was like, now nah, I'm not going to do it. The second time, the dad was like, why don't you two go out on a date? And I was like, okay. And then the third time, obviously 10 weeks before, birth, he leaves, almost kills us, and then ensues all the crazy court oh, stuff okay. afterwards. Hold, hold on a second. I think you need to clarify this. What? He left and almost killed you. It's not like he put a gun to your head or anything. He wasn't physically no. trying to kill you, but the stress that he put on you and Mikey when you were pregnant with him, that's what did it. Yeah. yeah. Just to clarify, he sat in the doctor's office with me the day that he left. So right. some hours before he sat there, he heard the doctor say, "You're." at that point I was 26 weeks um, pregnant, and he said to me, I've just delivered a woman who's 26 weeks. That baby's not going to make it. Right. 14 years on, I can still remember the words. That baby's not going to make it. You're going on bed rest. You have preeclampsia, right, right, which right. is a serious, serious condition. I was going to say, you, mm -hmm. you tell him why. And then, and then know, later that night, he fought with me. Even I was telling him, get out. After he told me, because he was acting distant and weird and all that, I knew then, okay, it's me and the baby then. And then... So I said, get the F out of my house, because he was in my house at the time, and he wouldn't leave. So then I got up, because you know what I'm like, I need to start doing stuff to dissipate uh, the, the <laughs> whatever. Oh, really? You're the one who's like, 
just not long ago. See two hotheads in a pot. But anyway, so, so I had to like do stuff. Like I was folding laundry to disperse the, the anger and he couldn't let it go. He kept following me round and stuff. So I was like, just leave. Okay. You're going to go, just go, just go, just go. And so that's the thing. It was stressing me out more. He was in my face shouting. Then it was all my fault. Da, 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 da. It was crazy. You can read all about it anyway. But and where was that again? <laughs> how do I find love after heartbreak? Only at Amazon.com. There you go. So I mean, they right. You know, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to make sure that they understood that he wasn't holding a gun to your head or whatever. That it was the preeclampsia, which is a blood pressure issue, and you needed to. Have yeah, because I nearly died. Right. And so did Mikey. Because you needed your stress levels down, you were going to have bed rest and try to reduce that. And when obviously having a fight with somebody, that's not an unstressful situation. I actually had and, um, contractions that night. Right. Being a first time mom, I didn't know what it was. Right. But when I went into labor later on, you were like, oh, hey. I remember this. Yeah. These were the, what I was having that night. Right. So it was. Yeah. It's funny with, with, and not funny, like, like humorous, ha, ha, but, but right. funny is ironic or whatever that the the things the overwhelming changes of that a woman goes through you know during childbirth it's just i i it's amazing to me there are many people as there are in the world mm-hmm. you know it's i would crazy. think that most people wouldn't make it but you know <laughs> so yeah put question me on now uh four i believe okay it's you right or no five now no we ain't, we ain't done four yeah, we did. Oh, no. You asked me. It's me. I'm asking you. That's right. She went first. Okay, so number four. Do you regret the relationship? I regret the relationship that I had with my ex-wife. I wish there had oh, been wow. a way. I wish there had been a way to have I like your kids. Honesty. If I could have got the kids without her, that would have been the way to go. I'm not sure how I would have done that. But if there was a way where I could have just reached into a magic bag and, hey, there's a kid, there's a kid, you know, here they are, and not ever had to deal with that, then yes. But for the fact that even though three of the four kids don't talk to me, the one that does, I have a great relationship with. He, yeah. he He's a, a friend of mine. He, he's, he's my son, but he's a grown man, mm. and now he's a friend. And I, I enjoy the times that we get to talk and that we, we share with each other and I wouldn't trade that for anything. So for that reason alone, you know, kind of like how you say what you put up with what you put up with to have Mikey, mm-hmm. that's what you, you had to do it. Well, yeah. I had to put up with all of the, the window lessons, dressings the lessons and yeah. everything that went along with that failed relationship. And the irony of all this is, because I saw this when I first came into the picture, you didn't have the best relationship with Alex and look at you now. Right. That look, it you see flip-flopped it flip-flopped. So there's such a genuineness there. Cause right. they say that saying, you know, anything that's really meant to last, it doesn't start off easy. It's right. like hard work. You know what I mean? Right. Well, so, that was that period where he was, you know, a teenager. Yeah, of course he was going through his stuff, but that know, I'm just saying being a jackass and he'll be the first to admit it. And I get and, that, you know, but he grew up and I'm just waiting for the other three now. See if they ever grow up. I'm not holding my breath, but well, we'll see what happens. Mm. We'll see. All right, so five, go. Okay. 
lastly, being the time of the year that it is in Valentine's Day, my question to you has nothing to do with narcissism. I want to know what is your favorite love song? <sighs> ha, see, this totally takes you, uh, you have to think about it. I don't know. <laughs> Quite, you I mean, have one. There's loads of love songs. I'm like, um, I don't know. I've really drawn a blank. I'll tell you what mine is. See, he's asking me the bloody question because he I, just no, wanted I'll, to tell I'll, it. No, I'll tell you mine and maybe that'll help you to start thinking about it. Um, well, now I totally forgot what's going on. <laughs> the whole song thing, I don't know, because I think for me it's hard to narrow it down because there's so many songs that I like. Right. Like narrowing down my favorite one, like – Endless Love just popped into my head, but I don't know that that's my favorite. That's a good love song, though. Right. My Endless Love or whatever. You know, there's, there's loads of them. Oh, I got it. Hero, that's a good one. I love you. Rod Stewart, that's the one I was thinking Oh, of. okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Hero's a good one from Mariah Carey. Mm -hmm. I used to love that a lot. Oh, gosh, there's loads of stuff. I don't know. See, that's the good thing about this whole five-question thing is, is that it doesn't have to be throw some different no ideas so he, now he's changing and making up rules yeah pretty much we exactly I, my, i'm coming into this like it, see there's a glimpse into our marriage right here i have a picture because i'm a visual person and right. see it and then see. all of a sudden he's like oh i feel this way i'm just gonna flip it well i think you just need to know for now that you just be prepared no. because you may no. do something like that it's <laughs> totally off kilter there no. yep all right well my last question is uh, about narcissism because that was the topic right Okay, is a narcissist born or made? And I know you, you couldn't think of a last question. That's why you threw that bloody question no, in. No, actually, because I just <laughs> thought it was a cool question. Do I think that they're born or made? Or made. I think it can go either way. I think that, you know, like in my case, the narcissist in my family, or in my life, was somebody who came by it from her family. You know, so I think it, it was, she was made nature versus nurture. nurture. It was a both. That's what I think too. Yeah. Like I think a person's born with certain traits. Right. And then if they're in that environment to express that, then it's it's going to come well, out. How about Warren? His, his well, dad. yeah, that's okay. what, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and look at Mikey. So that's, that's so, a, I mean, that's what I think with that. And, and so, and that's what's scary about it is, is that you, you have to try to hope that nature or nurture can override nature if, yeah. it, if a kid's put in the right position. I believe that. You know, because otherwise you're doomed to the sins of the father mm. or mother, you mm. know. So, okay. So here's my other question for you that I'll give you. I'll give you a bonus question. <laughs> it has to do with narcissism. I think it's very, very much. Okay. Okay. Go for it, husband. Okay. Do you think that it's possible that you can get the whole nature versus nurture flipped over on its head if you put a child in the right position because you were just saying are they made are they born or are they made mm -hmm. we have a perfect example of it we have someone who by nature has a person who donated part of his genetic structure mm -hmm. that is very narcissistic with the nurturing that he's getting in the environment that he's in, do you think that's enough? Well, I may, if I may add to that, 
and it, this isn't me being like overconfident or whatever. I quite feel like I've said he got the right genes from either um, donor. Right. I think he's got a lot of my genes in in him per right. se. So I think that was a good helping hand. But I also do think that yeah, like if he was in an environment where he wasn't made account to account for transgressions or weren't consistent or wasn't shown kindness and stuff that, that yeah, he could have absolutely turned out that way because that's the thing with narcissism. My theory is I think that there's either a lack of or a too much of something. So like if someone's overspoiled, that can turn out to be a bad thing. If they've given way too much and never made to work for something, right. you know, and if they've, there's not enough, love and guidance and stuff then as well that could contribute you have to find the balance but so i do think that yeah you think if somebody's given too much and not made to work for it that there's not that gratitude that comes hell in. yeah it's hard to be grateful for something that's just handed, handed exactly handed exactly versus hey i know i know we've worked really hard with that with mike he's mm -hmm. like you know he loves to buy his planes mm -hmm. and things like that. And before that, it was his cars mm -hmm. and all that. And so it was like, okay, well, if you want to be able to get these things, we're going to just give them to you. Mm -hmm. Now, your birthday, Christmas, that's fine. But you have a, a job to do. And he's had chores from a very early age. Seven. He came know? to us actually right. seven and said, can I, can you, can I, can you give me a job? Yeah. Because so he got he birthday money, money from people. Right. And, and he realized. He realized, hey, if I get money, I can buy the things that I want. <laughs> yeah. So... You know, he has done that since then. He gets a set amount every week. He sets it aside when there's a new model plane mm. that comes available. And he's like, well, I really want this model number. He, you know, these things are expensive. They're like 40 bucks or whatever. He's got the money sitting there. He's mm. been waiting. And then he does it. So he has a, a gratitude. Yeah. He's grateful for those things. Because so they mean something to him. Exactly. And he takes care of them. Exactly. Yeah. But I think all this, it comes with parenting. Yeah. Like being able to be, I think the number one advice that I got, and I still think about Dwayne sometimes, he was a provider while I was at um, CPS, while I worked in social work, and he had a company that um, was in charge of like independent living, offering services to the kids who were older and about to age out. Okay. So like 16 to 18, at 18 you age out of the system. And one day we were on the phone, we had a case that we were talking about and I was trying to get services for one of my kids on my caseload. And he's like, you know, knew I was pregnant and stuff. And he just out of nowhere said, you know, Pam, the number one advice I would give you is to be consistent. He said, whatever you do, be consistent. And this is something about the way he said it, that that really hit home for me. Right. And, I, and I understood he's right. And he's so right. I knew it. I knew about the love and the nurturance and all that. That kind of stuff. Yeah, because yeah. the boundaries right. lays the boundary. And kids and the smart ones, they will always try and move and shift. Sure. And the one time you were like, you, you're like, oh, fuck it, I'm tired. They learn right there. Right. Oh, okay. I'll catch her when she's tired. I'll catch her, yeah. They, yeah. they learn when to get you. So I was always on like, nope. When I went said no, nope, I meant no. Right. You know? So, you know, it's, you've worked that out too. You do it. So yeah. She does the same thing to me. So... <laughs> 
talking about when we're pairing oh, Mikey. Oh, oh, no, I thought you were talking Not about you. with me. Yeah, because you. I need to put the kibosh on him. Oh, please. It's like, I know better. It's like, when you say no, I know it means no. I'm like, oh, I'll put my tail between my legs and walk away. No way. <laughs> oh, I come gosh. to you all excited. Hey, Pam, what about this? You know. Well, not mm. true. So not true. He's and lying. I whine and walk away and cry You better somewhere. tell these people before they think that I'm some sort of witch. No, she's not. She's not. <laughs> You're horrible. No, she, she, she's not. She's a good partner. She is. She only makes me cry a little bit sometimes. He makes me cry all the time, yeah. he's mean. Well, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm the man. That's what we do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. That's well, enough for tonight, is it? Or what I we doing? I believe so. You believe so? Uh, it is brutally cold here in Kansas City. Yeah. I'm sure reason. in most parts of the nation it is. Bundle up when you go out. Yeah, no kidding. Bloody 15 up. seconds and you can get uh, frostbite to expose skin. Remember I walk, or oh, just a oh. side note, people, I walk on Friday. Oh, I know. And you're, you start getting icicles yeah. on your eyelashes and yeah. stuff. I had, I had uh, what are those scarf things? Like a scarf yeah, around yeah. my mouth. So the, the breath was coming out of the yeah. scarf and going to my eyebrows. And I, I started seeing something. I was like, Pam, is there icicles hanging <laughs> on my eyebrows? Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, look at that. So, oh, yeah, gosh. that's cold. When your breath turns to ice, that's yeah. too cold. Mm-hmm. So see, the Bahamas doesn't sound so bad to live right now, does People, it? People, he's trying to get me to move over there. I don't mind if we're going back there for a holiday. I can't wait, yeah, but... I'm never leaving when I go back. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't think I can live there full time. I don't know why. That's a beautiful place. Hey, everybody, have a good week. Yes, have a wonderful week. Yes, we'll talk to you later. If uh, you want to make any comments or if you have any questions... You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter. I'm at Bruce underscore Williams and Pam is at Pamela7Williams. This podcast is supported by us, but we'd love to get your support too. So subscribe, give us a review and help us bring our message to humanity. Have a wonderful, wonderful week and be safe. And don't forget to check out that book, which is... (laughs) How Do I Find Love After Heartbreak? Available at Amazon.com. Awesome. Bye. Bye.